Hi, it's Jim. This special episode was supposed to be released in May for World Password Day. But unfortunately, I ended up in the hospital that week and didn't get the episode released on time. Since then, I've been extremely busy and haven't gotten around to getting this episode finished. So, after long delay, here is the finished special for World Password Day. If you're like most people, there may be just one single word or maybe a phrase that sits between someone else and most of your sensitive data. Today, for World Password Day, we are going to discuss 10 myths that you might believe about passwords and why those myths are wrong. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. Today is World Password Day a day dedicated to raising awareness of strong password policies. This day came from the idea of one security researcher, Mark Burnett, who recommended choosing one day a year to examine and update your passwords. In 2013, Intel Security was inspired by his idea and chose to make the first Thursday in May World Password Day. Our passwords are still incredibly important. Many different options have been proposed as replacements for the password, but no matter how good those options might seem to be, nothing has come close to replacing the password. The closest anything has come has been the sign-in-with-Facebook or sign-in-with-Google options that you see on many sites. But that doesn't get rid of the password It just limits the number of passwords you have while also increasing the amount of data someone can access if they just compromise that one password. But despite all the good advice out there about choosing passwords, humans are still horrible at creating good passwords. Year after year, we find the same passwords still showing up in data breaches. And compromised credentials are one of the most successful attacks, both on individuals and businesses. So today, I want to give you 10 popular password myths and explain why those myths are wrong. Myth number one is, your password is fine as long as it meets the site's minimum requirements. Yes, sites have begun implementing better password policies over time. Most sites will not let you get away with a six-letter password anymore. Unfortunately, minimum password sizes should be treated as just that, 
bare minimums. The fact that you met the minimum requirements for the site, and maybe you even maxed out that little password strength meter, doesn't mean that you chose a good password. I've seen sites accept password one exclamation point as a password just because it's over eight characters and has a number and a symbol. Yet that is one of the worst passwords that you could choose. Many websites are also hesitant to update their software once they've found a version that works well for them. Any software update runs the risk of introducing bugs into the system, and for many companies with small IT or web development teams, the risk of a serious bug in the latest version just isn't worth it. But choosing to not update software could mean that old security standards are still being enforced. In that case, the site is implementing what were good standards three to five years ago, but what may be obsolete standards now. Always stay up to date with the best recommended security practices for your passwords, regardless of what a site says you can get away with. Myth number two is, a longer password is always more secure. In a general sense, this is true. Longer is usually better. But the real truth is that it depends on what password you're choosing. Setting password123 as your password is not going to be safer than choosing an 8-character random string, even though password123 is 3 characters longer. So while length is important when it comes to your passwords, it's not the only factor to consider. Don't choose something common or a single word. Make sure that you use a long password that also has enough complexity. Myth number three is, using symbols and numbers is always more secure. Like the previous myth, this one is based around the password strength requirements. As companies look to improve the strength of passwords used on their site, one of the things they did was start requiring numbers and symbols in every password. And for a brute force attack where someone is just trying passwords repeatedly until they guess the right one, the math does work in most cases. Requiring numbers and symbols increases the number of possible characters from 26 lowercase letters to 52 letters, 10 numeric digits, and a multitude of symbols. But unfortunately, people haven't implemented numbers and symbols in a safe manner. Instead of creating a new password with a number and symbol hidden somewhere within, people instead just slapped a number and later a symbol to the end of their existing password. If an attacker is attempting to brute force your password, they're going to try the formula of letters, number, symbol first, since they know that it's so common. So just like the last point, while numbers and symbols do increase the potential complexity of your password, it requires you to go against what people have typically done in order for it to be effective. Myth number four is, it's okay if I use a similar password for each site as long as there's a few changes. 
Anytime you start to create a type of pattern or consistency with your passwords, it becomes a possible issue with your security. For example, if you make your base password FunGuy123 and then follow it by the first three letters of the site, it wouldn't take too many compromised passwords before someone can figure it out. If they see your Amazon password is FunGuy123AMA and your Facebook password is FunGuy123FAC, they're probably going to figure out that your Twitter password is FunGuy123TWI. While this might make your passwords easier to remember, it also makes them easier for someone to discover. Myth number five is frequently changing your passwords helps your security. The idea behind this policy was that if someone did manage to steal your password and use your account without your knowledge, forcing you to change that password every 60 to 90 days would keep that person from accessing your account indefinitely. But research has found that forcing users to change passwords every two to three months actually does the opposite of what it's intended to do. When users are forced to change their passwords, they'll often resort to insecure habits, such as creating easier passwords or leaving them taped to their monitors. Some people even use the same password and incremented the number by one each time, making it easy for someone who got one password to be able to figure out the next one when it changed. Obviously, there are times when you should change your password, such as when you think your account may have been compromised. But without evidence that the password might have been stolen or that the password is weak, there's no reason to change it. Myth number six is, two-factor authentication is a foolproof method to protect your accounts. Two-factor authentication absolutely does protect your account, and you should enable it on every account that you can. But two-factor authentication is not foolproof. A code texted to your phone could easily be compromised through a few different methods one of which includes just calling you and giving a reason to ask for that code. One of the strongest methods is to use a device that plugs into your computer or connects through Bluetooth to authenticate. But even that method has a flaw. If your device can be snatched from you for just a few minutes, it can be used to log in. And since many websites allow you to save a device as a trusted device, once the person has used your device once, they can keep logging in as you without needing to steal your token every single time. So while my advice is to use two-factor authentication, don't trust two-factor authentication so much that you think you can use a garbage password instead. It takes a strong password combined with two-factor authentication to provide excellent security. Myth number seven is, password strength checkers give you an accurate assessment of how safe you are. I have nothing against these password strength checkers, such as howsecureismypassword.net. They are a great tool to help you craft a good password. But like any tool, 
they must be used correctly in order to be effective. And most people do not understand the calculations behind how these strength checkers work. When a password strength checker says that it would take a few days to crack your password, you probably think that sounds pretty good. I mean, is someone really going to be that interested in your password that they'll run a password cracker for days in order to get access to your account? Unfortunately, though, that doesn't mean it will take days to crack your password. Just that it will take days to have a good chance of cracking your password. To understand this, let's use a little example. If I ask you to guess a number between 1 and 10, there's a chance you could get it right on the first guess. There's also a chance you'll be very unlucky and you'll go through all nine wrong guesses before you finally get it right on guess number 10. But assuming you run this experiment over and over, the average number of guesses it takes to get the right number is going to start closing in on 5. Now let's apply this to passwords. If you have a 99-character randomly generated password, it's entirely possible that someone could fire up software and have it guess the password right the very first time. But it's also possible that the number of guesses password cracking software has to make could reach millions, billions, trillions, and on and on. The more complex your password, the less likely it becomes that the first guess is going to be correct. But there is still that extremely small chance. But given enough 99-character passwords to crack, the number is likely going to begin to center on something close to half of the possible guesses. That number of guesses, half of all possible passwords, is what the password strength checker uses in its calculations, since at that point it becomes more likely than not that the password would be guessed correctly. The second factor involved is the amount of time it would take to go through all of the possible guesses. If you're trying to do this on a standard home or office computer, the process is going to take a lot more time than if you run it on a computer built for crypto mining. One security researcher even built a supercomputer with 25 graphics cards that could go through 350 billion possible passwords every second. The estimate that you see is based on the number of guesses required to reach the halfway point combined with the number of guesses a standard password-cracking computer can make per second. A determined attacker with unlimited resources is going to build a much faster cluster of graphics cards and be able to crack your password much faster than that estimate, and an amateur is going to likely take a lot longer. So these password strength checkers are a tool, but don't believe that someone would actually have to spend days if they really wanted to crack your password. With the right tools and a little luck, it could take a lot less time than those sites estimate. That's why if you put your password into one of these sites, you should always aim for something in the billions of years or more. Myth number eight is, all your passwords should be memorable. There is no possible way that most people can remember a strong, 
unique password for every account that you have. And even if you're a genius with a photographic memory who can do that, why bother doing it? A password manager can do a much better job of remembering your passwords than you could ever hope to do. Plus, not remembering your passwords has an added benefit. It provides protection from phishing attacks. You can't accidentally give your password to a phishing site if you don't even remember what your password is. You might get fooled by a phishing email, but your password manager won't be fooled. If you follow the link, your password manager will recognize that's not the official site of whatever company it's pretending to be and refuse to auto-populate the password. Of course, you could go to your password manager, find the password, and copy-paste it into the phishing site. But hopefully, the fact that it's not auto-populating will make you stop and think about the suspicious nature of that email. Now, there are a few passwords that you're going to have to remember, such as the password to unlock your device and the password to your password manager. But for passwords to websites or apps, let the password manager do the work of remembering them. Myth number nine is, I don't have anything that's worth trying to get. This attitude might be true if the attacker is a major cybercrime group or a national hacking program from a country like China or North Korea. But for smaller criminals, there is nothing that's considered too small. Every little bit of fraud that they can successfully conduct puts money in their pockets. There's nothing that's considered too small for them. And finally, myth number 10 is, companies do everything they can to keep my data safe. Yes, that would be a wonderful thing if companies actually did do everything they could do to keep your information safe. Unfortunately, that is an idealistic viewpoint. In reality, with the exception of a small subset of cybersecurity companies, businesses don't exist to keep your data safe. They exist to make money, and improving their security often hinders that goal. I've mentioned before that a company should be using a one-way encryption method called hashing on all the passwords that they save in the database. And they should also use what's called a salt on their hash so that when two people use the same password, the hashes end up different. Otherwise, you'd be able to easily guess which hashes correspond to the most common passwords. Unfortunately, we can create lists of the most commonly used passwords precisely because companies haven't taken these steps. When a company stores passwords without hashing or salting and someone gets into that database, all of those passwords become the property of the criminals. And as the data gets passed around, it may eventually come into the hands of security researchers who will process the information to help them create those lists of the most common passwords. So there are your 10 password myths. Were there any that you believed? If so, make corrections so that your account 
doesn't become the next one that's compromised. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com welcome. There, you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.